Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Let's go in our Bibles, if we will, to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. While you're teaching there, where Kathy and I are doing a series on faith, and we've seen that people um, get themselves oftentimes into some situations that is way beyond, um, way beyond their, what they can believe to get out of that situation, and then they use their faith when the house is burning down. But faith, it's not a concept, it's not an experience, it's not a movement, it's not a cause. Our faith we recognize is in the person of Jesus Christ, and we recognize that there are elements to that faith that we're covering. And what's very, very important is that we resist the enemy by faith. It's a weapon. We put on the breastplate of faith. The Bible teaches us that we overcome the world by faith. The Bible says that we have freedom from spiritual decay and sin from faith. We purify our hearts by faith. We have access to the throne of God by faith. We have peace with God through faith, and we also are adopted as his children through faith into an inheritance through faith. We live the overcoming victorious life through faith. We understand that this is the very invitation that God has given to every one of us to celebrate and to live by faith. It's not just a concept as we said today. It's a lifestyle that God desires you and I to live by faith. Matter of fact, my Bible says that we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. The word kept literally means to be a watcher in advance. It means to hem in. It means to protect the guard, protect by literally a military guard. Have you ever thought that God has a garrison of ministering angels around each one of you that is inside of this here room? And it's all there and all applicable and all activated when it comes to the area of faith. It speaks about in order to prevent hostile invasion. We recognize that we live in a fallen world and there are real enemies. I'm going to read about them in just a moment. But how many know we are kept by the power of God, the dunamis of God, the miraculous of God by faith, through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. The Bible also teaches us in there, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith. Not only do we put the breastplate of righteousness on, but we apply that whole aspect by faith. So we're going to be covering that now, and I want to start in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. How many know that many believers today have difficulties with the area of faith today because really they don't understand that we are a threefold being first and foremost. We are a spirit, we live with, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And what order did I say? Spirit, soul, and body, because that's the way the scripture speaks about you and I today. You are first and foremost a spirit. If you take everything that we have in the natural realm, it was all created, first of all, in the spiritual realm. When God says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, it's literally saying the kingdom of heaven, the spiritual kingdom, come now and be established and affect this earthly kingdom now. So that's the message that we bring forth. That's the kingdom 
kingdom of God. So now we're going to go to the book of Ephesians. It starts off in chapter 1 to the believers, grace and peace unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and shares about the rich inheritance that we have. And he speaks about the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know what is the hope of his calling and the exceeding greatness of his powers to us, word which believe, which we wrought what? Which he wrought in Christ Jesus. But he says, growing in our knowledge of God. How many know deficient knowledge of God, missing pieces of information today is the greatest detriment to our Christianity today? Is when you have people, they know a little bit about God. It's amazing how many Christians don't know their Bible at all, but they can justify their whole drinking thing that Jesus changed the water into wine. They might not know another verse in the whole Bible, what it says, but they know that one. Come on now. And so it's just amazing about missing pieces of information. 50% of the workforce with women in ministry today, that they shouldn't have uh, prophets, they shouldn't have apostles, they shouldn't have teachers, they shouldn't be. And yet the New Testament says there's neither male nor female. And they take verses, and they make those verses, take them out of context. Kathy is with us this morning, of course. And how many know she's under the authority of her husband? So when she's preaching, she's teaching, how many know she's still under that protective hedge of her husband? Yes, we are co-equals in faith. Can you say amen? But she's under my protection. So when it says women are silent in the church, it speaks about a custom that Paul was addressing there at that time where the women were on one side and the men were on the other side. Many of them were very uneducated. And so they would disrupt the service by asking their husbands on the other side. So all you need to do is understand what the word Gwyn means when it says woman. In the context, it could mean women or it could mean wives. In the context, when it said let them learn from their husbands at home, who's it speaking about? The wives. And so we take things and we're just missing pieces of information. I found out, as a matter of fact, in my 40 years now of studying the Word of God that every area... If the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, I found out that every area that the Scripture says be not deceived or be not ignorant in, it's the area that the church world is most ignorant in today. An example of that would be in 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. How many know every one of us needs to be informed? Every one of us needs to be taught? Every one of us needs to have an understanding of the nine gifts of the spirits. Most people don't even know what they are. They don't even know the revelation gifts out there. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. They don't know the power of God, the power ones, the gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healing. They don't understand these here gifts, and because they don't understand these here gifts, they're not manifesting them in any way. I believe that God wants us to be prophetic people out there that we can actually see people and read their mail right in there. Why? Because God reveals things by His Spirit and grace to you and I today. We also see that God doesn't want us to be ignorant of the truth troubles, the persecutions, the tribulation that believers had according to 2 Corinthians 1. We also see that the Bible says that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Why? Because unforgiveness is a device and strategy that the wicked one uses to get in. And Paul says we are not ignorant. We are not uninformed. We are not having missing pieces of information about this here. We have complete knowledge of this, of the devices and strategies of the wicked. Then it says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, 
concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sour as others have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those which sleep in Jesus. And there's so many believers today that just believe we're all going to be blown out of here before any trouble comes, before any tribulation, before anything. And already within the world now, today we're living in, they're already martyring the saints, they're beheading the saints all around this church. And we need to wake up because if you think we're exempt to any of this in North America, just watch and see down the line. But I'm going to tell you, the Bible says when darkness abounds and gross darkness covers the people, his glory is going to be manifested and it's going to be seen upon you and I. We're not going to be blowing this pop stand to the final last trump when the dead in Christ rise first and then we which are alive and remain. But he says ignorance, it abounds in that their area today. So we want to speak about the ignorance that's there about the knowledge of God. God doesn't want us to be ignorant in these areas. Now let's go, if we will, to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And I want to start over here. We started here and never got out of that. So we recognized when we were together last week, we were talking about the four ingredients of our faith. We found the first one is based upon knowledge. It's based upon, if you want to call it, the acquaintance, becoming familiar with the individual, becoming well-informed with information, where there's direct perception of that person, where you become well-informed. Jesus, in John 17, 25, he made reference and said, I have made your name known to them. And it said, and revealed your character and your very self. If you're questioning today the very nature and the very character of God, well, why did God allow this and why did God have? You don't know God. You don't know God's nature. You don't know God's character. If you're sitting there and you don't, until you come to the place where your questions are all answered and you recognize this God that we serve is a good God, he's a covenant-keeping God, he's, he's faithful to his word, he's one you can depend on, he's one that's reliable, he's not a hit-and-miss type God, he's not a celestial Santa Claus type God, but he's a faithful God which keeps his covenant of love, his covenant of mercy to a thousand generations. But I'm going to tell you something, until you not only know what the promises of God are, but you know the one that made the promise. Abraham was fully persuaded that what God, he knew God so well, had promised. He, God, was able to perform what he had promised to Abraham. Amen? So before the promise comes the acquainting, comes the intimacy, comes the knowing God aspect. It's amazing in Philippians chapter 3, the apostle Paul says, for my determined purpose in the Amplified is to know him above everything else. Not know about him, but to know him and the power of his resurrection. Look what it says up here. For my determined purpose that I may, come on, know what? Him that I may progressively become more deeply, and what else? And intimately acquainted with him. What? By what? Perceiving and recognizing, and what else? Understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that I may in that same way come to know what? The power outflowing from his resurrection which it exerts over believers and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed uh, transformed in spirit into the likeness even to his death in the hope. Are y'all with me today? And so we understand so there was not, this wasn't just a casual inquiry. This was a pursuit that the apostle Paul had inside of his life was this knowledge of God. 
See, what I've recognized over here is that God has called us to liberty, not to bondage. He's called us to the place of boldness, not timidity. We're not a part of the shame. We're a part of the unashamed today. We're not a part, listen very carefully, of the weakness of the flesh, but we're the ones that are strong in the Lord. We have backbone. We're not a bunch of wishbone believers. We're here to stand. We're not to quit. We're to aggress, not to retreat or to back down. We're to tear down the strongholds, not to build them up. We're to serve, not to an entitled generation, but we're not here to be catered to. We're here to be servants of God. We're to move, not sit. We're the ones that are going to love, not hate. We're the ones to be warrior, not cowards. We're the ones that are to be the overcomers, not the overcome. We're the winners, not the losers. We're to be the positive ones, not the negative. We're to be the encouragers, not the discouragers. We're to be the active, not the passive. We're to be doers of the word, not just hearers. We're to be the prosperous ones, not the indebted ones. We're to walk in health and not the sickness, faith and not double-mindedness, lenders, not the borrowers, blessed, not the cursed, obey and eat the good of the land, not disobey and be devoured. We're called to the abundant life. We're called to the not sorrow and misery. We're called to heaven, not hell, to forgive, not resent, called to give, not hoard, repent, not make excuses. We're called to glory, not shame. We're called to himself, not the world's ways, to arise and go forth, not to sit down and be comfortable. We're called to not religious behaviors, but we're called to relational behaviors. That's what we're called. Now, now, why is it that we get excited when we hear that, but so many never rise up into that? Is what I'm going to tell you right now. Before I came in this morning, I got dressed. And, oh, thank you, okay. What does that mean? I took my pants, I got them ironed, and I ironed my shirt, and then I forgot my belt. Okay. And since I lost 22 pounds... Uh, they're a little bit slimmer than they used to be, okay? They fit much. Come on now. And, and so, so Pastor Howie, I texted him. I said, Howie, I don't know how I, I forgot my belt. So Pastor Howie went to Benemma and got me a belt. Okay, so we'll leave that for now, okay? But how many know, what would you think if I just came in here and I didn't have my clothes on? I mean, I have my shirt on this and that. That would be a very uncomfortable. I remember Bishop Tony said this one time. He said, you know, somebody comes up and said, well, I had this vision, okay? And I saw you, Bishop Tony, in the spirit, and you were naked. And he said, that must have been a sight to behold. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, I say all that because in the natural, I got dressed this morning. I put my clothes on. But let me just ask you, if we are first a spirit being, and we live in a soul and we have a body, let me ask you a question. How many got dressed with your spiritual armor on this morning? Some people say, well, I just put it on. It's on all the time. Well, I, I'm going to tell you something. If it's on all the time, then why is there so much bickering going on? Why is there so many uh, people get offended at the pettiest little things? Why is it they get upset over things? Well, she did that, he did that, and they get all bent out of shape. And why is it? I'll tell you what I've learned over, and I've taken many courses on this here and invested into my personal life in this here area. If you want to locate people, just find out what's coming out of their mouth. In five minutes, you'll locate them. And by locating them, you can actually find out if they're really in faith. Come on. If they really love the person, if they really love God, or they don't. When all they talk about, when they did to me, and they did it, and they hurt me, and they did that, and they offended me, and I had taken, I got ripped off, and I got it, and, and man, it's like a hurt man. You just get them started, and they're like a top. They just can't shut up. But Jesus is Lord of my life. No, he's not. He's not number one in your life. 
That thing has come in your life to steal, to kill, and destroy your life. Come on. And we're going to, co- we're going to cover that in just a moment. I've never even got to uh, point number one this morning in the first one. So anyway, here's what he says over here. So I want to ask one more question. How many got dressed this morning spiritually? And don't lie. Don't lie. Just raise your hand. You did. Okay. So you can look up here. You can see all the hands. Maybe a maybe hundred hands went up, which tells us all the others weren't up. Same thing in the first service. So what are we going to do? Now we're out there and we're in a battle and we don't even recognize and we're naked in the battle. And we're trying to grasp whatever we can to cover ourselves. And that's where the condemnation and the guilt and all the shame comes in when we've already been covered in his righteousness and he's already provided his entire weaponry for us. And if that's true, how can we resist the enemy if we weren't even dressed for the battle today? And that's true. If we don't even believe there's a battle, how can you effectively be the overcomer in the battle? This is just very practical stuff today. That's why I told you at the first one, they all came down. It was just lined up. There was no more room up here after the service because people are recognized now that they're in a real battle. Well, look, look what it says. A final word, be strong in the Lord, and it is what? Mighty power. Literally, it's, it's in the tense in the Greek, and you study this out from the King James Bible, it's in the progressive. It literally says, be being strong. In other words, this isn't a one-time event. It's a daily event that goes on inside of our life. It's a progressive participle of the word. Be being strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. In other words, you have spiritual muscles, and you're now exercising these muscles, not once a week, but on a daily basis now. And then he goes on, and notice what he says. Put on, okay, everybody say it. Come on, put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Just keep that up for a moment. So first of all, the implication is here, this is something God's not going to do for you. If you go and say, well, you know, why am I having all these issues and why is this not breaking and why is this going on and why all the strife and why all this here? Well, maybe we could just ask ourselves the questions before we point at God. Have we got dressed today and put the full armor of God? Number two, are we standing firm? That means the steadfastness against what? Against all the strategies of the devil. Are we here today and say we don't even know what the tactics, we don't even know what the ideas and plans the devil is? So apparently, according to there, if we don't have the armor on and we're not able to stand, okay, then the strategies of the evil one are going to have the upper room over our life. Have you ever wondered what the strategies are? We can go. You can go to Mark chapter 4. You can go to Matthew chapter 13 and Luke's gospel 12. And you can see over there three times, not one, not twice, but three times, he goes and he shares the whole parable of the sower sowing the word of God into the heart, planting the word inside the heart. And then we see that Satan comes immediately to what? To steal the word that was sown in the heart. Why? Why? Because that word will give you the understanding of the strategies of the enemy. If you're here to Today, sir, ma'am, and you're walking around in a condemnation, you're walking around in shame, you're walking around in fear, you're walking around like a yo-yo, you're up one day, you're down the next, you're down in Pittsville in depression, I want to tell you something, you haven't looked up according to the word, because when you look up, the Bible actually teaches you, and look up and let the king of glory come in, why? Because psychiatrists are all over this room, can tell you today, when you're looking down, you're connected to your body, you're connected to your feelings, but when you go Go into that creative area in here. That's why it says lift up the hands of those that hang down and let the king of glory come in. The king is available. The king is ready and he wants to invade your turf. But I'm going to tell you, you don't even recognize there's a spiritual battle going on. 
And he makes you feel you're a failure. He'll make you feel, well, look at my family. We're always in debt. We're always in this here. The good news is you can break the generational stuff through the authority of the blood of the cross today. But if you don't have the armor on, you're still going to live as a subject to the kingdom of darkness. So what's the strategy? What's the strategies that the enemy uses that we're supposed to be able to stand against? What's the strategy? To pit one against the other. To compete with one another instead of complete one another. To compete. What else? Comparison. Well, look at how good looking she is and look at I got. Oh, you haven't been in the presence of God because in the presence of God, there's beauty. Come on now. He takes even the burnout ashes of our life and brings it into beauty. Come on. That's the great exchange that we have. What's some of the other strategies that he works? He'll pit parents against their children and children against their parents. He'll pit people against their pastors and leaders against other leaders. He'll do everything, and he, he's a master strategic planner, and, and he knows the weaknesses in every one of us. That's why we need one another to help one another so that we're not in this battle alone. Can you, one will put 1,000 demonic to fly, but two will put 10,000. When you get with the prayer partner, you get with the spouse, you get together in agreement, you got 10 times the ability and power. Can you say? So, so what else does he want? He wants to disconnect you. What else does he want to do? He wants to isolate you. What else does he want you to do? He wants you to take on an offense. It says because they have no root in themselves, it says many are offended. If he can't get you in that area, then his next strategy is going to give you the cares of this world. And you have all these responsibilities, and you feel you got to be here, and you got to take Johnny over here, and you got to take Tommy over here, and you got to take Susie over here, and you feel like a, you feel like a taxi driver that's got to be here taking the kids everywhere, and then you never have time, and you're all stressed out. And you don't even realize that life over there was all of a choice that you've made to go that way. And some people say, well, i got to make my little Johnny happy. Well, if, if that's what happiness is, happiness is putting God as number one inside of your life. Come on now. And living for God. And your lives are built around the family structure with God. And the kids want more than anything else. is not their sports. The kids want the time with you. But oftentimes we try to use that as a substitute. And then they get mad at me because I say it the way it is. So we disconnect. And then what else? He gets a, the deceitfulness of riches. They come in and why? All these are given to choke. The word choke in the Bible literally is to strangle out the word of God on the inside of you so it suffocates and it's no longer productivity. There's no longer producing inside of your life. And most people don't even recognize that this is going on. Are you all there right now? It's amazing. It's amazing how we have all the answers for all the people's problems today. And this success book, and this motivational book, and this is how you're going to do this here. And they don't mention spiritual warfare one time. And then the people, they get the books, and they operate on those principles, but they're trying to operate on those principles from the natural realm rather than from the spiritual realm, and it just doesn't work that way. And then they become disillusioned on God. Why is it not working for me? Well, I've learned something. If it's not working, then let's go back to the instruction manual and find out what the instruction manual is. And the instruction says, you put on the whole armor of God. And if I do anything today, it's getting you dressed. And if I do anything today, it's empowering you so that you can stand. And then the other thing, let's go back to Ephesians over. Good preaching. Thanks, Pastor Rick. And, and the third thing is, is listen, strategies. So have you ever thought the devil has strategies against you? 
against your home, against your marriage, against your babies, against your church. If you don't even know that, then how can you stand against it? That's why there's so much warring. Let me, let me just say something. It's, it's about time we just address our hard issues in here. If we love, if we love less, any part of the body, love it less. Well, they don't deserve it. They don't, they, 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 no, no, I didn't ask you. Are they a part of the body? Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of the brother, you do it unto me. He identifies with them. Okay, to the least. Well, who's the least? One that sure doesn't deserve it. Rick Sumatero. Kathy said, we don't deserve this. We recognize everything we have as a gift of God's grace. And none of us deserve it. So whenever we think more highly of ourselves than we ought, we're already set up from the strategy of the enemy for a fall. And then some people just said, you know, the enemy comes in with his pride. You know, oh, I can do this here. I can do this. You know what I've learned? The more I try to do it in myself, the less I realize this, this is set for failure. That's why Jesus said, outside of God, I can do nothing. Come on. Why? And that's the same yoke that we need to be in today. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you, there's strategies of all kinds. Offenses are just, just one of them. He gets you hurt, that's another one. He gets you a grudge, that's another one. He gets you prejudice, that's another one out there. Come on. He gets you stuck in a rut that, that a different song might be sung than the style that you're used to. And because you're so stuck on the one, you get bent out of shape when another one comes. He gets you stuck in the traditions of man, which make the word of God of no effects. He gets you stuck in double-mindedness, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Are you, is anybody getting anything? Huh? So what's the strategies? What's the strategies that are being sent against your mind? What I've learned about the devil is he, he gets a target over and he puts a little gunpowder there. And he zeroes in, and then he keeps walking away and you don't know it's the devil. And he just keeps walking away, just walking away. And meanwhile, he's still laying the gunpowder. And, and, and here, this could be weeks. And then over here, it could be months. And some targets, some targets, it could be years that he's setting it up. And he's so far now out of the picture that the person has no idea, but, but they took that little, they took that hurt, and they just allowed that thing to fester to become a stronghold in their life. And now the enemy's way over here, and then at the perfect time, and it could be before a wedding day, or it could be before, it could be before uh, the death of a loved one. It could, be, it could be a very, very significant event, a special day inside of that person's life that's coming up. And then what does he do? He goes and lights it, and then it just all takes off at that very moment. And the Bible says, because sentence is not quickly executed against the sons of men, therefore they have pleasure and delight in the thing which they do. And so but they say, well, I got away with it. No, you didn't get away with it. Okay, that's the strategy of the enemy in there. There's still a law that will never change, and it's called the law of sowing and the law of reaping. And people say, well, you just use that because of finances. No, God said this seed time and harvest will be here till he comes. Every part of your life, if you sow to your flesh, you're guaranteed you're going to reap from your flesh. If you sow to the Spirit, you're guaranteed you're going to reap from the Spirit. Okay? If you sow anger, you're going to reap anger. If you sow, you know, you know, one of the things that I've learned, and Kathy's here today and some of the kids, many years ago, many years ago, one of our children came to me and said, Dad, 
you just don't get it. And I'm like, what is it that I don't get? He's dead. You just don't get it. And I says, what is it that I just don't get? He says, Dad, every time that one individual knows how to push your buttons and you play right into it, and Dad, he gets off on it. He enjoys that. And it's like, what do you mean he gets off? You know, I want to take him and strangle him. What do you mean he gets he, Dad, Dad, you don't get it. He can push your buttons. Is it possible that there's people here been married 40 years and they can still push your buttons? And they don't even live with you. They're, they're somewhere else and they can still push your buttons. And some you think you dumped them, got rid of them, and they're still pushing more buttons than when they were with you. Boy, I can feel that one all that there. And so anyway, that day was a very defining moment to me. I got so mad. I said, he deliberately is doing it. Yeah, because he likes to see you get upset. I'm like, why would somebody want to do that? Don't try to reason out battles like that. It doesn't make any sense. But he was getting off. He was getting all excited. That day, I made a decision, ain't never going to happen again. And there's been many times when the button pushers come, come on. I just bit my tongue and smiled. I remember the first few times I had holes in my tongue. <laughs> okay. And I was like, man, this is painful, okay? Because I knew what was going on. I was knew what was going on. And now today, I've just learned how to disarm that because it's a strategy of the wicked one. Are you all with me right now? So what's going on in your mind right now? Let me just, let me just tell you something. Let me just tell you. Another strategy is this evil companionship corrupts good manners. You could have a real hunger and a real desire for God and then the devil brings somebody across your path, Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Just so sweet and this and that. And you know what? You'll even get them to go to church with you a little bit. I've even had some over the years, they get baptized. I just want Mr. Oh, man, I just you, you know their heart ain't there. It's shouting. They'll say all the right things. But they want something. And they'll, they'll say whatever they need to say. And, and but, but, well, you know what? They're really not passionate for God. But, you know, they're good people. They're, they're raised. For, I didn't ask if they're good people. Right. I'm asking, is God number one inside of their life? Right. Let, me just, let me just state this. I, I've seen people's list of what they want in a husband. And I'm looking at all this here stuff, and it's like, who gives a flip? <laughs> okay, I want them tall. I want them handsome. I want, I want this and that. Come on. I want somebody that's solid in Christ. I want somebody that's going to take care of their physical appearance and look good. Can you say amen? And, and you know what? But, but some put all these here expectations on, and they're like, what are you doing about it? Well, I'm just praying for God to bring Mr. Right here. Have a good time, honey. Have a good time, sir. Another strategy of the wicked one. Am I doing okay this morning? Okay, let's go back here because I haven't even got to my text over here. So then he says, okay, so put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategy. So what's the strategy he's working on your head today? What's the strategy? See, if he can isolate you, you know, you got a man you're going out with and they want to isolate you from your family, want to isolate you from your friends, want to isolate you from your church. It's a demon. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, that's cultic stuff, man. Be careful of that kind of stuff. That controlling spirit that's manifest, or she's so domineering, you can't do anything in this and that. That, that that's, that's, that's a demon. There's another strategy there. Hello? But he's a nice guy. He treats me good. Yeah, I'm sure he treats you good until he gets what he wants. Anyway, there you go. Come on, for we are not, I just feel so much love right now. It's coming from, okay. Okay, 12. For we are not fighting. Everybody say it. Read it with me. For we are not fighting against what? Flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and what else? Authorities of the unseen. So there's an unseen world that is more real than this natural world that you live in right now. In this unseen world are artilleries. In this unseen world are spiritual beings that have minds, that have wills, that have emotions. Come on, that, that have bodies in the spiritual realm. In this unseen world are words. In this unseen world, it is more real than anything that you can see over here. But, but uh, uh, in, in Elijah's day, Elisha's day out there, Gehazi, the servant out there, you know, it, he got into petrified. He saw all the enemies around. And see, God opened up his eyes and he could see how many are with us. And he saw all the mountains with the chariots of Israel all around them, of angelic hosts that were all there. But until you're more familiar with the spiritual realm, then you're not going to be, you're just going to be fighting flesh and blood in this natural realm. And I'll tell you what, it's a sad place to be today. It's amazing of all the topics that I teach on demonology, where angels and demons, how they came, what they all are. We get more people interested in that subject than just about anything else. But people don't want to talk about that today. They don't want to say maybe it's a generational spirit. They don't want to say maybe it's something that we open the door to. They don't want to talk about that because they're afraid of that area. But you need to be informed in there because that's the work of the enemy. Fear is not of God, but faith is how you operate in that. Against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirit, in the heavenly places. That's why Daniel and some people want to fight with this here in Russia. But the Bible says from the day that Daniel prayed, the very day, he connected right with God instantly. Okay, so his prayers went right up. Isn't it amazing? The New Testament says what, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, conception, believe, believe what? That you receive them. When did you do that? When you prayed. And then it says, and you shall have them. So from the time of conception to the time of the breakthrough of the fulfillment of that there, there's a battle that goes on in the spiritual realm. And for Daniel, it was 21 days. What I've learned is when my wife and I are in agreement and we pray for something, it usually doesn't take 21 days. We can usually break through much quicker. But Daniel had a, a battle that went on, and the prince of Persia had to come over and help fight what was going on because there was a war that was going on for the breakthrough was the promise. I'm sensing inside of here there's some people, there's a suddenly, but the impatient spirit has blocked every time. And every time that impatience rises up, it blocks what God wants to do inside of your life. Let's go on. I, I, I got to get to my message over here. And I got five minutes, okay? For, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against prince and re- evil rulers and the authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, everybody say, therefore. Put on what? Every piece of God's armor. So why? You'll be able to resist, to stand against, to oppose steadfastly the enemy in the time of evil or the evil day. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Come on, church. So there's going to be battles, but he tells you how to win. Go to the next verse. So important. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. That's the word of God. And what else? 
The body armor of God's righteousness. What else do we need on? Come on. Go to the next verse, 15. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. If you don't, you're not going to be fully prepared. You get out of peace, it doesn't work. In addition to all of this, come on, hold up. Come on, everybody say, hold up. How many know you can't hold it up if you're looking down? The shield of faith, your future, which gives substance to your hopes, gives substance to your dreams, is your future is all in the shield of faith. For what reason? To stop the fiery arrows of the devil. I want to close with this here. Over 26 years ago, I greatly desired a person inside of my life. And that person I greatly desired is right on the front row, Kathy Doyle at that time. And guess what? When I greatly desired her, there was something else that went on. I wanted to be around her. I wanted to learn everything that I could from her. And then when I wasn't around her, as a matter of fact, I would talk on the phone with her and if you know me on talking, I'm not one that talks very long on the phone. That's why I love texting. But 26 years ago, we didn't have the text. And so we talked, and it would be hours that I would be on the phone. And I would talk about her priorities. I'd talk about her dreams. I would talk about the things that she really loved in, and, and the communication about God and about what. It was, it was just something that just attracted me to her. Come on. And then I found out that that great desire caused a pursuit inside of me that she would be on my mind all through my day. Not the only thing, God was on my mind, but how many know she was on my mind? Come on. I think about her often, and, and, and I just want to just state this here. 26 years later, I, I cut back 50 days of traveling this year so that I can be with my wife more because she's on my thoughts. She's, and when we're away, we're on the phone, we're communicating, we're, we're, we're texting, we're, we're, we're back and forth. Come on now. And I'll send text at 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. Are you up? Because I want to talk to her. Because there's just things. She's on my mind, her thoughts. So let me just ask you this here. How much do we desire God? Is God our great pursuit? And let me just ask you a question. Is God the center point of our thoughts? And let's go to point number three quickly. Uh, I talk about her to all that I come in contact with. I tell people about my wife. Whenever I speak, I always start off and talk about my family. I talk about Kathy, the better part. I talk about her as being princess inside of my life. I talk about her with the six kids and son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws and grandkids that we're so very thankful for. I share about that. Because if you really love someone, you're going to talk about it. Yesterday I was outside and I was just getting the house all ready because we're moving this Thursday or Friday, whatever it is, I don't even know I've lost time. And then, hallelujah, we got the walkathon. And then, hallelujah, we got the open Bible conference. And hallelujah, we got guests coming in. And it's like, hallelujah. She's so brilliant. She says, I want a few weeks off. Leave me alone. Okay. So I say all that because when was the last time we talked about Jesus to our friends? I did a funeral. I used to be a youth pastor at Healing for the Nation's church across the river in St. Clair Shores. Pastor Clarence King, very instrumental in us starting this work. And I'll never forget, I married so many of those kids and 
One day I got a call from a couple. I was very close to the Bowery's and an incredible family. Incredible. She may be watching with us on live stream today, the wife and some of the kids. And he died. And I went, they asked me if I would officiate his funeral. And so I came across and officiated his funeral. And this man was a prince. He was a very godly man. He had six kids and they were all loving God, tracking with just amazing family. And make a long story short, he passed away suddenly of a heart attack. And when I did the funeral, I remember God putting on my heart to do a strong altar call in it. And I usually don't do altar calls in every one. I present the gospel and just, you know, come and see us afterwards. What a strong. And when I did the altar call, all of his family was all there. And his, all of his associates, I can mention the company, but they all came down and gave their lives to Christ. And they said, we knew there was something different about him. We, we just knew who, we just knew there was something that was there. But he never shared. And, and now we understand. We put the pieces together. So he let his light shine. Come on. We just didn't tell him about it, but he, he let his light shine. I don't know if you ever invited him out or whatever, but they all gave their lives to Christ at his funeral. I just wonder how many are here today. And maybe there's somebody that you need to share your faith with. And you've had this prompting, but you've just not. That means you're unashamed. See, if you pursue somebody and they're on your thoughts and your mind, then there's going to be, you want to tell everybody about them. When I got engaged, I told my parents about it. I told my parents about it. They said, I got to meet this girl. I got to meet this brown-eyed girl. And here she is all these years. Can you say amen? amen? And let me tell you, wherever I go, I talk about her. I talk about her. We don't have a problem with infidelity in our relationship, and she's not interested. That, that's not there. Because I'm the talk of her heart, and she's the talk of my heart. Amen? Are we perfect? No. Do we have our uh, intense fellowship that Jack used, gave us a great terminology? Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe really intense at times. Okay? But I love her. Amen? And finally, the last thing is I found out everything I could about her. I wanted to know everything I could about her. So I talked to her friends. I learned everything I could. That's the pursuit that God wants us to have about him as number one. And if you need a communion element and you didn't get one this morning, then just slip your hand up. The ushers will get you one. But let me ask you a question. What's the things you greatly desire? I'm going to be very strong for just a moment. So oftentimes, we have great desires, and God tells us he'll give us the desires of our heart. But I really believe the most important and number one desire in Rick and inside of every one of you that's here, it needs to be Jesus Christ. Come on. Not an experience. Not a Sunday morning meeting. Come on, church. Not an exercise or not a duty or anything there. Man, I'm on a, I'm on a journey. I'm on a pursuit. I just want to connect in faith to everything the future has and everything that God has with me, for me, everything there. Come on, church. But I don't do this as a spectator. And then, then I want his thoughts to become my thoughts. I want the thoughts of God to be downloaded in my life. You know, this morning there was a person I saw just in the hallway. And just, just there it was. Bang. There's the download. There it is. I said, God, your thoughts. He just transmits his thoughts to my And they're not forethought. They're nothing, in, nothing there from before. I don't, know, I don't know who these people are. And he just reads their mail and just, just shares things. 
And I believe he has that for every one of us in here. And it's not spooky. It's not like, woo, woo. No, it's not, it's not that weird stuff and all that there. Woo. No, it's just conversation just every day. Thoughts of God, just download it. Can you say amen? And then here's the thing. We want to learn everything we can about him. That's why I take notes. That's why I had my phone yesterday and was taking notes when Dr. Lehman was here. And I wasn't texting. I was taking notes of what he had shared. Shared something so revelatory. And if you, if you heard it yesterday, he says, there's a need inside of men not just to be respected. That got my attention. And he says, men, listen, listen. He said, men, they want to be wanted. And then they want to be needed. And then they want to be respected. Just blew me away. Wrote that down. I'll preach that. Amen? Because it's something we can learn every day. So I want you to prepare your heart. Let's all stand to our feet. And maybe this morning, you said, Rick, you know, you hit me. I'm, I really wasn't dressed when I came in here today. And I recognize that in the spirit, I'm naked. And I'm, I'm just open to whatever the enemy brings. Because how can I resist something that I don't even realize is going on today. Man, I want to learn everything that I can on that. So I want to be one of those guys you just talked about, Rick, that will greatly pursue Jesus. I want to tell them about it. I want to, I want to tell people about him, but I'm just, you know, I'm just at a place I'm a little bit timid, but today you're going to learn how to do it because you do it by faith. This is why we're talking this here. Everything we do, how do I forgive some people? I do it by faith. My feelings aren't always there, but I do it by faith. And how does God want you and I to live? He wants us to live by faith. So maybe you're just one of the ones that's just, just a part, and you say, man, I, I, I want to be one of those guys, Rick. I want to pursue God. I promise you in the next six months, if you'll do this daily, your life will totally be changed, totally changed. And you say, man, I want to I wanna be one of those guys that's going to learn everything that I can. I want God to be in my thoughts. I want more of his thoughts. Well, how much of his word are you putting in your life? Because that's when he's going to be able to speak to you is when his thoughts become your thoughts. And then I want you to talk about him everywhere. Yesterday I had a experience when the guy came to my house. And I was outside and he's pulling weeds and just doing stuff outside, getting the house already because we're moving. I like to leave it just like I had when I moved in. And a young boy came up, probably maybe 16 to 18 years of age. He came up to me and he handed me a form and he says, listen, I want to talk to you more about Islam. He says, we're going to be at Atlas and I want to share more about Islam. If you'd come out, here's, and he gave me a sheet and this and that. And I just thanked him and immediately there was a little reaction. And I says, why is this happening? Maybe how many Christians went out this week and shared their faith with somebody? How many Christians went out and talked? Maybe this is just something happening to wake us up to what we're supposed to do. We can never see ourselves doing that. But have we talked to all our relatives and those around us or friends? If we haven't, maybe, maybe we're a little ashamed of him. Or maybe we're afraid of what people are going to say or think about us. Then finally, are we on a pursuit to find out everything we can about this Jesus? And I'll tap into that more next week. So if you say, Pastor Rick, that's me, and I'm right here in the journey, 
But I know I need to take a step. I need to take a step forward. I need to move forward in my walk with God. You, 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 you touched me today. You, you hit me today. If that's you, just come on down, wherever you're at. I don't, just, just come as close as you can to the front over here. But if that's you and you just, I want, I want that closer walk. I, 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 I want to step close. Just come on down. Just come on down, wherever you're at. Don't, don't be of the ashamed, just, just unashamed, because this is how we're going to do it. This is how I'm going to close it off, and I'm hungry too, and I'm ready to go eat too, and I know everybody else is ready. But if it hits you today, if something hits you today, and you say, you know what, that's me. I, I, I haven't been the pursuing God. I, I know I just come Sundays, and I like the church. I like the music, and I like that, and I like the benefits of all I hear, but I want the very heart of God. So if that's you, just, just come on down where, wherever you're at. doesn't really matter where you're at in your journey. doesn't really matter. But you want to go another step further in your walk with God. Just come as close as you can. And there's just something, just something that when we take a step, we're saying by faith, God, this is me. I want to resist the enemy. I want to resist the lies about your character. I want to resist the lies. I want all the religious stuff bro- broken off me. I want that relationship, Rick and Kathy, they talk about. I want that, God. I want that. I want to be like Paul, that my determined person, and at this time in his journey, he was over 14 years on the path with God. His whole upbringing was in the church. And he said, this is my determined purpose in life, to know him, to know him. For lackadaisical, we don't know God. For compromising, we don't know God in that area of our lives. We've allowed the enemy's strongholds, we've allowed footholds of the enemy through any unforgiveness in our life. Listen, listen, it's an area that we're misinformed in of the nature of God. And I believe that this step of faith that you people have made today is going to break that off of your life. And I believe that we're going to see things happen and things are going to shift around at a degree like no other time before in the history of this here church and the history of this here fellowship. I'm totally convinced that God is up to something much bigger than any of us inside of this room. And everybody said, amen Amen and amen. Father, as we have this bread in our hands, everybody lift it up right now. And pull your head as far back as it can. Just pull it back. God, may you give revelation to everyone here about the broken body right now, about why he went to the cross and what he did at the cross. May you just, may you just pour in revelation in them right now, and may they see that it was our sin, it was our rebellion, it was our self-hatred, it was our inferiority, it was our isolation, it was our depression, it was our fear, it was our self-hatred, it was our rejection that he took And he took it in full for every one of us. And he said, take, eat of this. This is my body, which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. God, as we partake of the bread, may the creative juices flow out of every one of us to connect with you to the master plan that you have for every individual in this room. But above all, may we be connected to you, our master, our maker, our creator, our lover, our God. Let us partake of the bread this morning. Thank you, Father. There's a few today that are even still out there that didn't come 
It's not that you don't want to pursue God. It's not that you didn't want to connect and have God in your thoughts. But I see right now a veil of shame around your life. And that shame started at a very, very young age. And it's been an imprisonment that you've been in your entire life. And you just want to hide. You just, you just want to come in so nobody sees you, and you just want to move. But God's saying today, daughter, I don't see you through the shame eyes. I see you through the blood. And the way God sees you, honey, is so much different than the way you have seen yourself. And this is, this is huge. I'm hearing the number 14. So that means there's 14 women. And I'm also hearing there's six men that are here today that aren't up here right now, that aren't even up here right now, that you're ashamed. Not of God, because you really do love God. But that's how you see, and it's been a blanket that has impeded into your life. And we're going to pray with you after the service. Our teams will all be up here. And I implore you, sir, the six and the 14 women, to come. And you watch what God will do inside of your life. He just wants you to know, man, that barrier is coming down today. This is a suddenly. There's individuals that are here also. You've lived with disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. It's been in relationships. It's been on the job. And you're so angry. And you're so frustrated. You're so frustrated. Leaders, I want you to be very sensitive at this here point. You're so frustrated. And you're just looking for the way out. The Bible says in the Message Bible, Proverbs 13, 12, unrelenting disappointments, it makes the heart sick. But this is a prophetic word for the others. But a sudden good break is going to turn things around. This afternoon, we're in now. There's a sudden good break that's waiting to arrest your life right now. I want those to raise their hand right now. And I want my leaders, that was you today. That was you today. I want my leaders just to go around those people. Just wave your hand. Just wave your hand. Just Leaders, come on. Go, they're, they're all over. They're all over. Pastors, leaders, you'll see them in the audience. You'll see them all out. Just, just let's, go, let's go to them. Just, just let's go minister to them. Leaders, just go all over the room. Just go all over the room. Pastor Luke, there's people waving. There's people on this side. Leadership, just go around there. Just go around and minister God's grace and God's hope. Father, as we partake of this cup, we thank you for the forgiveness. We thank you for the blood and the covenant that we have with you, our God. And God, we, we don't want to just know about you. We want to know you. We want to know what, we want to know what connects. We want to know that what really excites you, what you're passionate about. We want to know, God, your heart. And we know it's about relationships. It's about healing. It's about restoring. It's about repairing and making whole. And so, God, today for my 14 sisters and six brothers that are just clothed in that, that veil of shame, couldn't even come up today. And they're sitting there wondering, like, man, this God... He knows that much about me. He knows the details about my life. He knows exactly where I'm at. 
God, may the blood today break that barrier of shame off of their lives. I command the enemy's work scattered and shattered by the blood of the cross. Be released in your mind. Be released in your emotions. And I call the damaged emotions whole, and I speak the blessing of God over your heart, over your mind, over your emotions this day. Be restored, sir. Be restored, ma'am. Release that, release that deep-seated, that deep-seated self-hatred today to the cross. Release it off of your life in Jesus' name. Let us partake, everybody. And lift up your hands, everybody. Begin to thank God out loud, unashamedly. Begin to thank Him today for His great grace, for your children, for your spouse, for your loved ones, for your friends, for your home, for your vehicle, for the bus tickets. Begin to voice it out loud for your job, for your boss, for your church, for your leaders. Begin to voice it out loud today. And God, this is a day of shift. This is a day of shift. Shifting out everything of darkness and shifting in the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. We love you today. We love you, Daddy. We want Holy Spirit downloads. We want to listen as Simeon of old could not even go home till he saw the Lord's anointed. He had a hearing ear. God, give us all a hearing ear, not to the voice of our emotions or feelings, but to the very voice of heaven from your word. Give us seeing eyes that we could see the opportunities in the day. God, may all the veils and all the scales of deficient knowledge about God be scattered. And may we be pursuers of the goodness of God and the mercy of God today. And we ask this, Father, in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody agreed, said, Amen. Amen.